This is Career Conversations with Kelly, a podcast brought to you by Drexel University's LeBeau College of Business that explores careers and professional development by showcasing successful business leaders in the Philadelphia region. And now, here is your host, Kelly Diley. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Career Conversations with Kelly. I'm Kelly Diley, a career coach with Drexel University's LeBeau College of Business, where I work very closely with our graduate students to prepare them for internship and full-time job opportunities. Partnering with our amazing alums is really important to me, so I am especially excited for today's guest. Real quick, though, I've said it before, I'll say it again, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and Google Play. Joining me today is Bill Powell. Bill is the Director of Analytics Strategy for Holman and is responsible for developing and evolving their global analytic capabilities and technology assets in support of its business strategy. Bill is also an adjunct professor here at Drexel with a focus on business analytics, system architecture, and modern ERP platforms. Bill holds two degrees from Drexel University, including an executive MBA and a BS degree in computing and technology, making him a double dragon. Bill also holds professional certifications in big data and social analytics from MIT and executive leadership from the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. Gosh, so much here. (laughs) Finally, Bill is a member of Drexel's Executive MBA Alumni Board and is an active member of Drexel's Analytics Advisory Council. Today, we will discuss qualities and characteristics that make job candidates stand out, Bill's insights on the job market as he addresses the impending recession, and his advice for those trying to make a career transition. It's a pleasure to chat with you today, Bill. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure being here. I'm looking forward to a lively conversation today. That's what I love to hear, lively conversations. (laughs) So (laughs) just getting right into the meat and potatoes of this interview, um, can you talk to us a little bit about your professional background and highlight how you landed in your current role? Yeah, absolutely. I love to. So I have a little unusual background. Uh, I've been, first off, I I work for the Holman organization. It's an automotive organization comprised of multiple operating companies. And I've been there just shy of 32 years. So I started out at a yeah, a very, a very young age. And I actually started in a call center. I don't want to digress through my entire history here because it'll take entirely too long. But I started out in a call center, which really rounded me out and gave me the opportunity to, to practice speaking with people and interacting with people and carrying a conversation. So it's something I would not trade for sure. Soon after that, I migrated over to the IT organization. I had a, an IT background at a very young age. And I had some fantastic mentors at the organization that took me under their wing and moved me over and allowed me to grow. So I progressed through being a programmer, through database administrators, pretty much all aspects of IT, most aspects of IT, and then ultimately into a, a leadership position when I was given the opportunity and I was able to grow and, and design a analytics organization for the company. Well, that was the best 60-second intro I've ever heard. So well done on the brevity. <laughs> um, what... <laughs> But no, honestly, really, really nicely done. But you did mention something about mentors. And that is something that a lot of the people that I 
interview from my podcast, people such as yourself that are senior leaders, that common theme of mentorship comes up often. And I heard you mention it. So I'm wondering if if some of that mentorship contributed to some of your your career progression and professional development. Can you speak a little bit more about that? I'm happy to. And so it's mentors are very in, in my eyes. Mentors are extremely critical to one's career. They can they can provide air cover when needed. So if uh, you know something does happen, uh, they can hopefully provide a little air cover to kind of guide you in that right direction. But more importantly, mentors can round you out and provide you optics into different parts of the business that you you typically wouldn't be exposed to. So as an example, you, you typically don't want a mentor who's your boss. That's just not a healthy relationship there. You can't be transparent. You want a mentor if, let's say, as an example, I'm in IT, grab somebody in finance or supply chain or in sales and marketing where they can round you out, expose you to different parts of the business. And believe me, it's a two-way street. The mentor-mentee relationship is definitely two-way street. So as much as you have to give and learn, it's it's reciprocal. I couldn't agree more. I actually run a mentorship program for uh, our our MBA and MS students, and uh, I think you're a mentor. I, I know I've I've asked you to do it in the past, I and am. yes, you are. And something that the mentors tell me not not the students the mentors tell me is that it's mutually beneficial. So. In other words, the mentors are getting something out of it as well. Um, so I love that you said that. Anything else that contributed to your career progression and professional development that you'd like to mention? Yeah, I mean, just the, the ability to raise your hand and take some chances, right? And not, not everyone's wired the same way, and it, it takes a little bit to get people out of their shells. I've always been one to, uh, I guess, apply more risk to my career and, and try new things out. But it's super important to make sure that you have again that mentor-mentee relationship, and also with the leadership of the the leadership of the organization, to make sure that it, you have that type of culture and that environment where you have a culture where it's it's all right to fail. Try. Wow. In my eyes, if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. Now you don't want to fail the same thing over and over again. That's not going to be too healthy. But you want to make sure that you have that type of environment where you can fail. You push yourself to new limits. You learn from that. And you move forward. And just as importantly, you'll pass that along to others. That's really awesome that you said that. And and I know you've heard this. Have you heard about what FAIL stands for? I, I believe it's first attempt in learning. That's right. I've heard yes, that. Yes. Yes. And and that is something that really resonates with myself as well. I mean, look, we've I know I've had my failures in life. So to hear someone like you mention that it is important to have that background, I think that's really that's really amazing. I mean, not everyone thinks that way, right? So nice. It's important as a, as a leader in an organization uh, to pass that along, to instill that belief and to, uh, you know, to, and to, and to support it. I failed at a number of different things. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I know I've got a, a runway in front of me of other things that I'm likely going to fail at too. <laughs> but I keep pushing forward and you learn. And, you know, life's not a, a linear line. It's, mm. it's like a sailboat. You're going to tack and turn. As long as you're directionally correct, that's 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 fine. That's what it's all about. I agree. So when you meet recent graduates and or new talent at Holman, okay, or in the classroom as a professor, which you're mm -hmm. a professor here at Drexel, what are some of the characteristics that stand out to you? I, you know, I, I had to think about this one. Um, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> there, there's this 
there's so many, but if I were to narrow that down and have a more of a myopic view of this, I, I would think the ones that raise their hands and ask questions really stand out to me. It's it's the students that, whether it's a student or whether it's an employee, the ones that are raising their hand, they're asking questions. They're in, that tells me that they're engaged, that they're they're inquisitive. They're, they have a certain level of tenacity and they want to get involved and they want to get into the game. Uh, you know, a lot of what we do in life, especially in IT, it's not a spectator sport. You, you you just won't get as much by standing on the sidelines and watching a game. You need to get in there and, and take the hits and, and, and get involved. And those people that raise the questions and ask are the ones that generally I gravitate towards and, and say, you know what, I'm going to devote more of my time to them. I still spread it out, still spread the love out. But the ones that are doing that, I still I, I, I gravitate towards more. And so, you know what, these are the ones that are really want to know, really want to learn, really want to grow. And, and let's have at it. I, I just want to quickly comment, I, I you know, before I move on. Um, I love that you said that for someone at your level that you welcome questions and curiosity. I, I will share with you um, one of the things that my students have mentioned to me numerous times over the years. So I've been at Drexel for five years. Um, they're afraid to ask questions a lot or oh no, Kelly, what if I ask a silly question? What's this person going to think of me? And I'm talking about graduate students. I'm talking mm -hmm. about brilliant graduate students. You know, a lot, a lot of my students are exceptionally talented and bright and they're afraid to ask questions. Many of them, they, we talk about this a lot in our coaching sessions. So I hope for those listening that, you know, you don't, you're not just hearing it from me, you're hearing it from Bill that, it's okay, and and being curious is going to make you stand out. So, awesome. Yeah, it's awesome not, only, not only just okay; it's it's encouraged, right? I I try to instill that in people, and hey, fire away! I don't have all the answers; you don't have all <laughs> the answers, but together we'll figure things out. Love that. Um, I am curious. This is sort of we're on the same path here. When it comes to you, maybe working with a student, or again, let's say you're at Holman and you're you're working with a job candidate. Do you look for involvement outside of the classroom or the work setting when making a hiring or even a promotion decision? I do. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, when we're looking at hiring a hiring decision or a promotion decision, whether it's a, a, a vertical or a horizontal, there's, there's multiple aspects that we look for in people. And I look for rounded individuals. So first and foremost, sure, you have to be good at your job. If it's a technical job in my line of business, if it's analytics, you got to have the foundational concepts down. You have to be able to execute. You have to be able to keep your word and make sure you commit those commitment dates and move things forward. But and so there's a number of people that can do that, a lot of people. So what separates you from everyone else? And that's why I take a step back and look at people more holistically and say, what else do you do? Do you, mm. what kind of person are you? Do you fit our culture? We're a family-owned, hundred-year-old organization, and probably held, obviously, and 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 we have a a little bit of a runway to hire people because we're we're pretty picky, right? We want to get people <laughs> in our organization that that stay with us and that fit the culture and that give back to the communities that support us so much. So we're looking for that. We have a, a day at Holman or a day of caring, we call it at Holman, mm -hmm. where we allow multiple days for employees to work with local communities and give back. Whether wow. it's working in a food kitchen, helping building homes, cleaning up lots, whatever it may be, we we not only just give them the date, we encourage it, we support that. Uh, we are one of the largest uh, uh, supporters of the United Way in South Jersey. It's just who we are. It's our, it's our DNA. So absolutely, we look we look for that in people. 
I love that. That is, I, and I didn't know that about your company. I, I, I always do my homework. I didn't know that. So that's, that's so touching and that it's encouraged. I, I wish that, you know, and I, and I will say Drexel does the same. However, mm-hmm. um, I wish more companies did that. And the United Way is such a great cause. Um, what I also heard from your response too is essentially you're looking for leadership qualities outside of those technical skills, right? Yes, we need the foundation. We need to have some technical skills here, but you're mm-hmm. looking for, can I just say leadership? Is that a, is that a safe, is that a accurate description? It is. I mean, it, it casts a wide net, but it's it's yeah. it's accurate. And you know, when, when we're talking about leadership, it comes in many different forms and ways. So it's it's just not a leadership's not about getting stuff done all the time, and that's more management style. It's about giving back and, and lifting others up and creating new leaders. So when I look at what makes a good leader from a okay leader, it's the number of leaders that they can produce for the organization. So and and also sometimes. As you're producing new leaders, perhaps you find out that their career path maybe is best served somewhere else. And true leaders will support that. True leaders will say, you know what, maybe you you have you have all this upward mobility, all this opportunity, but the stars aren't lined up just right now in my particular line, line of uh, my organization. So there's these other opportunities somewhere else. I'm going to support you because it's what it's what's best for you, and, and it's what will be best for everyone else. So true true leaders are able to have that introspection and take a step back and look at it and really do what's best for others. This is actually a great segue into something else I wanted to ask you. This is with regards to leadership. Would love your thoughts on this, Bill. Um, What are two to three qualities all young professionals should have if they want to become effective leaders? So I think the first one is, is being selfless, right? Being able to take a look and being able to understand that you are there to serve others that is that is your role and it's not about having a spotlight on you it's not about trying to raise yourself on a pedestal it's about how many spotlights you can put on others and how many others you can put on a pedestal that's what true leadership in my eyes is 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 about and that leadership comes in many different ways and and fashions i've seen leaders that uh maybe in an organization you just don't see their structure but outside the organization they're softball coaches, they're baseball coaches. They they run, their, maybe they uh, do different things for their children's clubs. They could be teaching on the side. It comes in a number of different ways where you can see that leadership shine through where they may not always be given that opportunity at work. And that's why it's really important to take a step back and look at people holistically and, and try to figure out, all right, what kind of qualities really make up this individual? Right, and so to me, it sounds like being a servant leader is what you're saying in, in a Absolutely. nutshell. Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I love that. As a servant leader, being a um, being a person that supports others in a number of different ways. So it's not just, you know, leadership is a is a pretty nebulous term sometimes. Right. So you got to <laughs> you got to zero it down and get down to it. it. It's, you know, like talking about strategies, another nebulous term sometimes. So you have to get down into <laughs> the meat of it and really peel it apart and say what we mean. And it means different things to different people in the different organizations. But for us, it's about supporting others, about bring, bringing others not just along for the ride, but you, know, you always hear the term pulling from the front, but it's more about pushing from the rear. So you have to do a little bit of both. You have to make sure that you're pulling from the front, pulling the team along, but your job is to get behind people too and push them forward and get them out of their comfort zone and let them try new things. Not everyone's going to be the, the next best leader, but you have to try. This is really insightful and helpful. I hope people are taking notes. All right. So <laughs> 
Look, the next question is, uh, I, I, I've been trying to think of, of how to introduce this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it the magic question that everybody's talking about right now. The economy, what's going to happen? Kelly, are we going to be in a recession? I tell them. I'm not an economist. I don't know the answer to that. But, um, you know, I, I know that you and I did chat about this offline briefly. And you said, you know what? Hit me with it. Let's talk about it on the podcast. So, you know, people are worried. And, and when, by people, people that I'm referring to are my students. I am getting this question on a daily basis about what's going to happen are we going to have a recession? And I, I just briefly would love to get your insights on just your opinion on this, as well as the future of analytics. Sure, happy to. So I'm I'm not an economist either. <laughs> I'll, start, I'll start out with that. But I've been around long enough to have been through multiple recessions. And the economy goes through its ebbs and flows. Right? And there's not a lot that an individual is going to be able to do about that. You're along for the ride. So the number one thing I usually tell people is try not to get yourself so worked up and worried, right? Stay focused. Make sure that you have a long-term plan. This is not about planning for the short term. You, you need to have a runway in front of you, mid-long-term goals. Keep striving, keep pushing forward because by the time that midterm and long-term comes, the economy, if, it's, if we're in a down state, it's going to turn around. It, it goes through its normal ebbs and flows. In spe specifically around analytics, there's been a number, especially recently, there's been a number of very large organizations that have laid off thousands of people. Yes. I'm sure the students have seen it. You've seen it. I've seen it. it. It can be worrisome when you see that. But a lot of that is them pulling back. You know, they went through gross, in my eyes, they went through gross growth periods and they did a lot of hiring. And now all of a sudden we're in a little tougher economy. Things are tightening up. They're tightening the belts. And some people are getting laid off. Now, what I will say is even that, even though that's happening right now, there is still a, a, a huge shortage around good quality analytic people. They are very hard to find. I'm right now have a number of positions open where I'm having a heck of a time trying to hire some good people. And I, I sit on the analytics advisory council for the university, along with other chief you know, data officers from DuPont and Comcast and Pfizer and a bunch of and Philadelphia Phillies and others. And we're all in the same boat. We're all in the tri-state area. We're all competing for the same talent. And we're all looking to say, what is it? Why is this so difficult to find mm. people? So it's, uh, if you're in, I would say, if you're in this space, in the analytics space, uh, whether it's a data analyst, a data, and especially data engineers are in high demand right now, data scientists, sure, absolutely, mm. um, or just data security, anything under that umbrella is in high demand if you're not not only tons of experience, I would say just right out of have a degree, have the education, utilize the co-ops at Drexel, make sure you're doing that, get some experience. Every little bit helps. Make those connections, work on your networking, make sure that you're working with people that can help you and guide you. Because quite frankly, a lot of the jobs that are out there, they're they're done behind the covers, right? They're done behind the covers with networking and if you have the appropriate networks, you have the right people that that's come back to the mentors that can kind of open those doors for you and move you forward. That's where things happen. You just I want to be like, ding, 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 because <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right. And we kind of came full circle on that with what we were talking about previously with mentorship and, and my students, they always are like, Kelly, we get it, you know, networking. I sound like a broken record, but you know, not only do people need to have mentors, they need to network, but 
The hidden job market, what you just touched upon, as a former recruiter, I know all about that. I also know it because I'll have someone like a Bill Powell call me up and say, I have a job opportunity that I would love for you to float out to some of your students. It's not even on our website yet. That's right. Okay? Happens a lot. Um, so that's one thing. The second thing I'll just briefly mention, again, Bill and I, we're joking that we're not economists, but we have our finger on the pulse. And I can tell you, I am still seeing so many job postings. Yes, my area of focus is analytics and data science, but I also just scour the job market as a part of my job. I keep my finger on the pulse. And yes, we've had some layoffs. We've had some big name tech companies do some layoffs, but I'm also seeing so many other openings. And I'm seeing, as you mentioned, I feel like in many cases, there's more openings than there are candidates. I'll stop with that. I could talk about this all day. But, you know, in in just trying to, to summarize this, I don't want people panicking. I think that, like you were saying, good talent is hard to find. And just keep pushing forward. Sounds like we're on the same page with that. I'd like to throw one, more, one other thing there, if I could. Sure, it, it's, I generally tell the students, try not to get too hung up on the technology itself. Obviously, you have to understand it, but, you know, if there's Python, there's R, there's Tableau, there's Power BI, there's all kinds of different technology that's out there, right? There's ThoughtSpot, there's Click, there's just so much in this space. But what makes you so different than someone else? And it comes back again, I, I'm going to go full circle on you here. It comes back to that tenacity and that willing to learn and willing to put yourself out there. Smart people can always pick up other technology. Smart people can always go out and learn new things. It's a tenacity to be able to execute, right? Your conviction to be able to move things forward. That's what I look for. So sure, you have to have those foundational con the concepts again and some foundational technology, but I, I'm, I'm hiring you, not a resume. So I want to talk to you. I want to know about you. I want to hear your story. Tell me your life story, and then let's let's get on with it. It's so true. And I've heard this from a few other top leaders that, yes, the foundation needs to be there. But, you know, they said, Kelly, we, you know, nobody knows every system there is. Nobody knows every technical tool. We can train people on some of these things. So these other mm -hmm. qualities are really important. So it's, it's, it's validating to hear that from you as well. All right. So wrapping up my conversation with Bill here, I... Really appreciate your insight so far. This has been a great conversation. I have one more for you. Um, <laughs> as somebody, fire away. <laughs> fire away. Okay. As somebody who has changed career paths, all right, I was really hoping that maybe you can offer some brief words of wisdom, you know, words of advice for people who are also trying to make a career transition. Sure. Absolutely. And some of this goes back to what we talked about before, but when you're looking at changing careers, now, I've, I've changed careers in the same organization. So I've been, and I, I fully understand, I've been very, very fortunate here. I've been given the opportunities, but to 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 grab them and to move forward. But it's, it's up to the individual. You have to raise your hand. You have to be willing to do that. I started out, and this is a, I have a very odd background. I started out at a very young age as a master technician. I work in the automotive, automotive area. And I, and I hurt my back and it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. And I had to go back to school. So I went back to school, Drexel, and worked my way into this organization. And as opportunities came up and they were presented, I just raised my hand. I just grabbed them. So keep the tenacity. Keep moving forward. You never know where your career is going to take you. I've been all over the world with this organization. 
I spent some time in the UK, spent years over in Germany, been all over Canada, States, um, other places in Europe, you name it. And the reason for that is because I've had some fantastic mentors, some uh, incredible leadership, the organization, but also just the ability to get to raise my hand and, and take some chances. And what about transferable skills, right? A lot of, I don't know if you want to comment on that, but I would say in addition to everything you just said, people need to understand that you don't have to have maybe the exact match for your next role, especially if it's a transition. You should focus on what transferable skills do I have that I can apply to my next role. Would you agree? I agree 100%. And I mentioned before that I'm part of that analytics advisory council, and, and we've discussed that. You know, again, we're all competing, a lot of these organizations in the tri-state area, very large organizations, some public, some private. But in essence, we're all competing for the same talent. So if you're if you're in the analytics space, you have a very in-demand transferable skill. If you want to work for a pharmaceutical company, great. They'll teach you their line of business. They'll teach you their nomenclature and everything that's special about that. But sure, you can jump ship and you can come over to the automotive sector. If you want to go over to the Phillies and work over there. Right. We'll teach you the rest of it. You have the foundation, but you also have you, right? You have what makes you unique and moves you forward. That's what people are hiring. That's what people want. So make sure that you have the skill sets, keep a positive attitude, keep learning, be inquisitive, and just have tenacity. Oh my gosh. What a great conversation. Right on. I agree with everything you said. I, I'm learning myself. I want to thank everyone again for listening. Many, many thanks to you, Bill, for joining me today. I know your time is valuable uh, and for sharing your story and giving the listeners such wonderful advice. Thank you very much. It was terrific being here. I really enjoyed my time. You've been listening to Career Conversations with Kelly, a production of Drexel's LeBeau College of Business. Opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the college or university. We hope that you will join us again for our next episode.